Good morning. I'm Thad Lanthrop, the executive pastor at CIV, and I'm glad you could be with us as we are starting our Life Hacks message series where we're going to be discovering the real shortcuts in life. The term life hack, it's been around for a while, but in 2011, it made its way into the Oxford Dictionary. Take a look at what it says. A life hack is a strategy or technique adopted in order to manage one's time and daily activities in a more efficient way. Check out some of these popular life hacks that can really help in your life. You know, this last week, the weather heated up and it could have been helpful to have this DIY fan. You take a fan, you strap a couple of empty old soda bottles to the back and put some water and ice in there, and it creates an air conditioner. It can cool the air around you. Now, this next hack, I've I've tried to amplify my phone speaker by putting it in a cup or in a corner to try to get it to, to amplify, but this takes that idea to a whole nother level. Took, take a look at this phone speaker. And then this one, I wish I would have known a couple weeks ago. Uh, I've had trouble with our shower head and it wasn't coming out. The water wasn't coming out like it should. And this hack, you fill a baggie with vinegar and you soak the shower head overnight and it gets it working like new. Have you ever wanted just a fresh batch of cookies after work? Well, maybe this life hack is for you. The dashboard cookie hack. Now, life hacks are great. They're a lot of fun and they can really make some things more efficient for us or more um, just more comfortable, but they don't meet our deepest needs in life. They don't touch the things that really matter most. Things like how to build a successful career or resolve conflict or build a healthy marriage or raise my kids to have successful lives or how do I just live a life that really matters. For that, we need wisdom. Wisdom's not a matter of intelligence. It's not something that we can judge based off someone's IQ score. Wisdom is tested in real life. Wisdom understands how life really works, and it helps a person to be able to discern their situation and pick the best path forward. A lot of God's wisdom is summarized in the book of Proverbs. Take a look at at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Life hacks, they help us to take a straightest path and getting something done. And when we hear it, we think, you know, why didn't I think, why didn't I think of that or why didn't I hear about that sooner? But just like the life hacks can surprise us and be really helpful to us, a lot of us, we lean on our own understanding in key areas of life. And it ends up getting us wandering from point A to point B rather than getting the direct path that's talked about in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We think, you know, I can just, I can figure this out. I can figure out this relationship or my finances or my parenting. But without any real direction, what ends up happening is we pick up ideas from maybe the Bible or church or books we've read or friends or family or the media, and we it all gets mashed together into this idea of what we think is the best way forward. But with God's help, we can live lives that are full of wisdom 
and that will make our paths straight. Not wandering from point A to point B, but choosing the most effective and and really what's going to be the most success, successful way forward in life. And the attitudes that we're talking about in this Life Hacks message series, it is going to lead to a life of wisdom. It's going to lead to those straight paths that are talked about in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And what we're starting with talking about is taking God seriously. How serious, you might ask? Well, fear level serious. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's take a little look at fear for a little while right now. Henry David Thoreau said, Nothing is so much to be feared as fear. That is a statement out of experience. Fear can paralyze us. It can just get us frozen where we don't know what to do. What what decision do we make? How do we move forward? Fear, it actually, it produces adrenaline in our body and it, it makes us have this fight or flight response. In his 1996 book called Emotional Intelligence, Daniel Goleman, he reports on some research that was done by Dr. Joseph E. Ledeau, who is the director for the Center for Neuroscience of Fear and Anxiety. That is a mouthful right there. Um, but take a look at this quote from his book and take a look at what we can learn from fear here. It says his, it's talking about Ledeau research, his research has shown that sensory signals from eye or ear travel first in the brain to the thalamus and then across a single synapse to the amygdala. Now, the amygdala is it's primarily associated with emotional response. And then a second signal from the thalamus is routed to the neocortex, which that is the thinking brain. So, Goldman goes on to describe what this means. And what it means is that if we have an if we experience a stimulus and we have experienced something similar in the past that our brain will actually bypass the the neocortex. It will bypass the thinking side of our brain and it will go straight to acting out of that fear from that experience, the emotional amygdala part of our brain will take over and respond to the situation that we're facing. And what this understanding really helps us to, to see about fear is that, yes, it is important to have the right perspective on life, but our fear, it will grow or diminish out of our experiences and the perspective on how we think life works. We typically look at fear as as this negative thing. We see it as this emotion that gets in the way of us trying to get things done. And it feels something like this video I'm about to show you. Now, this video is of a man who is an actor, and he was uh, he got the part for a commercial for a theme park and a roller coaster. The problem was he's deathly afraid of roller coasters. Take a look at his reactions while he's on this roller coaster. Yeah, 
just cracks me up but it also it looks familiar that's what's going on on the inside of me when i'm facing a fear i think okay time to put your big boy pants on fad and get this done and then i think ah, i can't do it and you know i i want to scream like he was screaming what's interesting about this video is there's a one in 300 million chance that you are going to die on a roller coaster. This guy, he maybe he knows that. Maybe he doesn't know that. But really, he should have been screaming like that on the car ride over to the theme park because that was more dangerous than him being on this roller coaster. But that's what happens with fear. We have these experiences that bypass the rational part of our brain and and when we have those experiences, we think of fear as just in this negative term. But actually, fear can be very healthy and it can really help us because fear, it tells us what is real. What's something you're afraid of or what's something going on right now that you're afraid of? Maybe you're afraid of something happening to a family member or you have financial fears or you're worried about your child's future or you're worried about getting an illness there's a lot of fear right now with the coronavirus or other illnesses that are around if you are afraid that's normal that's natural and fear is actually a gift that god has given us for our protection we all have things that we're afraid of and we have things that we're not afraid of but our fear meter, it can get off track sometimes, like a bro broken gauge on a dashboard. When I was in college, um, I had a broken speedometer on my car, and it, when it wasn't working, I had no idea how fast I was going. I just tried to gauge the cars around me and, not, and go about as fast as they were going. This type of thing, it can happen with our fear. We can get scared about something more than we should and just get frozen in fear. Or we can be oblivious to something we should be afraid of and we walk right into a dangerous trap. In order to maintain an accurate fear meter, we need to maintain accurate perspective in both the physical and the spiritual arenas in life. In the physical arena, you know, we need to have an accurate read on the real dangers that are, are out there. Uh, this fear, it's going to keep us from driving on the wrong side of the road or jumping off a tall building or just showing up for work whenever we want rather than when the boss tells us to show up. You know, when children are born, they're naive to the dangers of the world. A few years ago, 
my son, uh, my two-year-old son, was climbing the second-story railing in our house. And below was a hard tile floor. And my wife saw this happening. She ran over, she grabbed him, and she said, Son, you, you can't do that. It's dangerous. If you fall down there, you, you could die. And he said, I not die, Mommy. He didn't have an accurate read. His fear meter was not right in that situation. And that lack of fear in situations where we should have fear, it leaves us vulnerable. Now, it's up to earthly parents to um, install some appropriate fear in their, their kids. And when the fear is appropriate, it's a very good fear. But God is our heavenly father. And he wants to instill some appropriate fear for us in the spiritual arena of life. Now, this is an arena of life that our culture is losing. Our knowledge of the physical world, it keeps growing and growing. And it's allowed us to make a safer place around us. We've learned things about hygiene and and how to keep things clean that have made for a safer world. It might not feel like that right now in the middle of the coronavirus um, outbreak that has gone on, but it really is a lot safer world and it gets more and more that way. But the knowledge of the God who made the universe is vanishing in our culture. The result of neglecting the spiritual area and knowing the appropriate fear in it is there is this rising level of internal pain that people are experiencing. They're experiencing because of the dangers that God has warned us about that do tremendous damage to our lives. People don't know them or they don't take them seriously enough to not do them or to do what God says. This is very evident. Right now in our culture, according to the CDC, there was a report that came out this summer and 13.3% of people have started or increased substance abuse to cope with the pandemic, increased stress with the pandemic. And 10.7% have seriously considered suicide in the 30 days before this report came out. These are serious indications of a spiritual problem in our country that is only getting worsened by the coronavirus. So how do we find this appropriate spiritual arena fear that will save us from so much pain in our lives? Well, it's found in the Bible, Proverbs 9:10. Again, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is taking God seriously enough to obey him. And stay within the boundaries that he sets. This approach to life, it comes out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible explains that as there's this, there's sin in everyone's life that keeps us at a distance from God. And it has to be dealt with. It has to be forgiven. Sin is, is simply put as missing the mark, missing the mark that God has given us for life or how to live. And so we all choose to go our own way apart from God. And only Jesus can deal with the sin problem because he's the only one who lived a perfect life, never having sinned. And he died and he rose three days later, conquering death. And 
making a way for us to restore our relationship with God. And our relationship with God is restored as we admit that we are sinners. We believe that Jesus is who he said he was. And we commit to make Jesus the boss of our life. And when we do that, our relationship with God is restored. And that relationship can be the foundation that allows us to choose to fear God over whatever situation we're facing. Fear in the physical arena, it keeps us from doing something that harms our physical body, or it causes us to act in a way to defend us from physical harm. Fear in the spiritual arena, it leads us to make decisions that act in line with God's ways of how he's made life to work, and that leads to success. To maintain an accurate fear meter, we need to keep both of these arenas in mind, and we need to keep them both in working order. Good fear not only tells us what is real, but also it tells us what really matters. A little over nine years ago, I started collecting new fears in my life. There's four of them now, and they've caused me more fear than I knew I could have. They are my kids. Why do I feel fear about my kids? It's because they matter a great deal to me. Our first son, when he was born, it was in a a dramatic, traumatic way. Um, He ended up being fine when he was born, and the doctor's only explanation was that God healed him. But there were very concerning readings on his last sonogram. His stomach was measuring several weeks too small. His heart looked like it was working overtime. And so they sent us directly for Gina to get induced. And it took three days before he was born. And I hardly slept at all in those three days, waking up, praying, falling back asleep, waking up again short while later, praying, falling back asleep. I felt that fear because even though I hadn't met him yet, he had an immense amount of importance to me. Every parent knows that that type of fear. When we experience fear about something, it can really be a good gauge of showing us what is really important to us. But our fear meter can also get off, off track on these areas. We can have false readings on what really matters. We can get in arguments with our spouse that is driven by the fear of not wanting to be wrong. What's happening in that moment is our fear meter is telling us that not being wrong is more important than my wife. That's not true. I can get into fear over my bank account. And an opportunity comes up of a real need for someone. And my fear meter is telling me to be stingy because you might need that money later. But that's not really what's most important in that situation. It's most important to help somebody out. There's a couple different ways that we determine what matters most in our life. One is we can do the trial and error way. It's simply, basically, you decide what you think matters most, you pursue it, and see see if it works. The problem with this way is that there's that whole error part. And when we choose to focus on the wrong thing, it can cause damage for the rest of our life. 
Another way to determine what really matters most is you take God's word for it. You take what God says in the Bible seriously and you apply it to your life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. God gives us the map to the straightest paths towards lasting success in life in his word, the Bible. Wisdom, it helps us to make the decisions to stay on that straight path. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear helps us to see what is real. Fear helps us to know what really matters. Fear of the Lord, it helps us to see life clearly. It keeps us on the straight path towards success. It shows us when our fear meter is off, choosing an unhealthy amount of fear over something that is more important than the fear we're choosing. How do we grow our fear of the Lord so that we can have the wisdom in our life to look at the situations around us and choose the best path forward? Remember what we looked at in the brain's response to fear earlier. We get that sensory signal. It goes to our thalamus, then to our amygdala, and then the neocortex. This path of the response to a potential physical threat, it showed us that fear grows or diminishes out of our experience and perspective on how we think life works. And that is how we grow in taking God seriously as well. Fear of the Lord, it grows us as we learn God's ways. That's the perspective about how life really works. And as we choose to live by them, that's the experience. After my son Blake was born, I struggled with fear and worry after his birth. He was born, the doctors said everything was fine, and we had this healthy son, and it was, it, we were excited. But I just couldn't shake the thought of what if there's some underlying thing going on that nobody can see that, that is really happening Maybe his heart, that it really, it was something wrong. And what if, if something happens to him? This was really an area in my life where, where I needed to grow in fearing God rather than the circumstances that I was facing. Psalm 128, 1 and 2 says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor, blessings and prosperity will be yours. I knew that if I spent time worrying when I needed to be focusing on something else, like at work, that it could cause some real problems in my life. It could lead to discipline on the job. It could be, lead to losing my job. I, God's wired life where we work and we eat from the labor of our work. And so I knew that that was a reality in this situation. I also knew from previous experience with back surgery in high school, that God was faithful to his word, to the Bible. And I had memorized Isaiah 41.10 that says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So what I did was I started 
praying a short prayer when the worry would come up. Something like, God, please protect Blake and help me to focus on what I need to be doing right now. And at the beginning, I prayed that prayer a lot, countless times during the day. But over time, God took over the fear. He took it away, and I was able to focus on the tasks at hand and learning in that situation how to fear God and live life his way by trusting him with the situation and focusing on what was in front of me right now has helped me a ton. As my daughter was born and had to spend time in the NICU, my wife's been in the hospital, my son Jeremy's had serious health concerns this year, learning to trust God, look at the situation, and not knowing what to do except to trust God, to fear him in his ways, And know that I need to focus on this right now and I will focus on my worry about that area at a different time when it's appropriate. That has helped me immensely. And that is how we grow in fearing God and choosing his way of life. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This shows the process for how we learn to fear God. We renew our mind. That is, we're learning God's ways rather than the old ways that we live or just what we think makes sense. We learn his ways by reading the Bible, by seeing examples of God's people in the church community around us. And then we test it out. We choose God's way in a situation and we gain experience in fearing God. And then the next time we face a similar situation, it's easier to choose God's way. That experience pulls us forward in our relationship with God and it helps us to choose God's way, not our own. Where do you need to fear God right now? Is it in your work patterns? Is it in the way you respond to the authority over you? Is it in your finances? Is it in your relationship with your spouse or your children? Fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. And as you put into practice the Bible, what the Bible says about the situations you're facing, you will experience the straight path and the blessing that comes from living life. God's way. I want to encourage you to take a next step in response to the message today. Each week we have different next steps that you can take. And here's a couple of next steps you might want to take. First is um, to learn God's ways through the CIV Bible reading plan this week. You can request that on your connection card and it's going to follow along with the message. It's going to have a lot of verses about what it looks like to fear God and the blessing that comes from that. Another next step you might want to take is to gain experience fearing God by and fill in the blank. Is there something that God brought to mind during the message that you're some situation you're facing and you need to choose to fear God in it rather than the other option? And then maybe you want to memorize Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That could be a tremendous help to you as you face situations day in and day out. Remember, I need to fear God in this situation, 
so that I can grow in wisdom and live life God's way and have the lasting success that he promises as we put into practice God's ways. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much that you give us so much guidance in your word, that you um, have shown us how to take you seriously, how to obey you, how to live life within your boundaries. I ask, Lord, that you would help us each to look at our life and look at how we can grow in that, how we can grow in our relationship with you and grow in living out your ways. Please help us to do that this week, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.